When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm telling you guys, Dak Prescott can not only win MVP, but he can redefine what the award means. I'll let you know why. Here we go. Let's get it started. What is up, everybody? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez. Streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember to hit the like button if you enjoy the content. Welcome into the show on a Monday night. It's a good night to talk some Cowboys football. Let me show you. What is in store for us on the show tonight as I throw up the script on the screen? First and foremost, we'll react to Chad Leonard choosing a team. Spoiler alert, it is not the Cowboys. Chad is signing with the division rival Philadelphia Eagles. That means he could very well play against Dallas next Sunday when the Cowboys host the Eagles for Sunday night football. Dak Prescott woke up as... The odds-on favorite to win MVP, and we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about his competition and mostly why I believe he could really redefine what MVP means in the first place. And yes, sir, it is Monday. That means overreaction Monday is coming up to close the show. Towards the end of this show, ladies and gentlemen, welcome everyone. Let me say hi very quickly in the chat. We've got Toxic, we've got Mark Aaron, Modelo, Katharina, we've got Marcus Rowe in there. Absolute beast. This Jack is going to be in Chambles next week, and hopefully that is right, man. Uh, Rex, what is up? Thank you for being here as well. Uh, Marcus says, man made his decision, and we keep it pushing. That's right. We move on. We move on after this. Toxic says they should do an MVP for the AFC and the NFC like the MLB. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that one. Uh, toxic. Uh, food for thought maybe for another episode, but just gut feeling. Nah, that's my, that's my gut feeling right now. My instant uh, reaction. Uh, Mark Aaron with the hard question. We're going to have to postpone the football talk a little bit here to get into this one. Because Mark Aaron says, I have one question for you, Mo. Are avocados from Mexico really the best? Yes, sir. I do think they're the best. Uh, nothing like an aguacate from Mexico here. So, yeah, I'm going to say that, that that is a correct actual statement. All right, now we can get to football. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack Leonard signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. is no not going to be a Cowboy, so let me know in the chat. Is that a big deal, small deal, or no deal for a Cowboys defense that seems to be severely lacking in linebacker depth. Let me know in the chat without Leonard on the roster. That means the Cowboys will move on to week 14 and beyond with the following group of linebackers. Starters, Simon Clark and Mark Bell, 
And hopefully, with a heavier rotation, that is my opinion, of Rashawn Evans sprinkled in there. Uh, it's a thin linebacker room. It's been a thin linebacker room for a long time. Obviously, Leighton Mandaresh should be in it, but he suffered a season-ending injury. DeMarvin Overshone should be in it, but he suffered a season-ending injury back in August. So it's not like the Cowboys didn't really prepare for the linebacker position. They, I mean, you could argue that they could have signed somebody uh, in the offseason, but that somebody would have likely been somebody like Rashawn Evans anyways. So the Cowboys were somewhat prepared. They just been hit with the injury bug very strongly right there at linebacker. Uh, big deal, small deal, or no deal. Let's see what you guys have to say. I'm going to give you my opinion in a little bit. Small deal for Katharina. Uh, let's see here. No deal to Toxic Tom. Have you watched him play? Kind of deal to Bruce. Let's see here. Marcus Rose is not a big deal. Go to plug that. Got to plug that hole somehow, though. Gregory says no deal if he doesn't want a star on his helmet. Then I don't want him. Let's see here. Pretty much everyone seems to agree that uh, Jack Leonard not signing with the Cowboys is a big deal. I'm going to say very, very small deal in the following sense. One, I would have liked the Cowboys to sign Jack Leonard, mainly because I saw it as a can't-lose proposition where if you signed him for a very minimum contract, he, wasn't, he was never going to hurt your salary cap or your situation. So it was like a low-risk, high-reward bet, and I love those just like the Cowboys do. I might criticize a lot of the things that the Cowboys do when it comes to how they build the team, but making these can't-lose bets, I'm not going to complain about. So, yeah, I would like to see uh, Jack Leonard join the team. But also, I cannot go to a big deal answer here because I don't know where he was going to fit on the defense in the first place. He wasn't going to realistically take over a starting spot. At best, he was going to be involved in early down defense, but even then, it's not fun to approach. It doesn't matter if it's a first and 10 or a second and 10 or something like that. It isn't fun to have somebody that cannot cover because opposed opponents also see that, right? Jack Leonard is on the field. All right, let's throw the football right here. Uh, they also prepared for that kind of stuff. So I'm going to say I'm not sure exactly where Jack hit it on Dan Quinn's defense because of that. However, I cannot go to no deal because I cannot ignore that the Cowboys are basically one injury away from not having any sort of linebacker rotation at all going on. And I'm also very well aware that the Cowboys are 30th in defensive success when it comes to stopping the run. And that is no fun when you have a somewhat undersized group of linebackers that at times have lacked a little bit of physicality. And I'm still a little bit worried about how the Cowboys will match up against the Eagles next weekend or against the 49ers in the hypothetical playoff matchup. I still worry about that because I'm not sure if an opposing offense goes out there on a base defense. I don't know if the Cowboys have that answer still. So I want to wait a little bit on that. Uh, but yeah, long story short, I think it's a small deal. I don't think it changes the course of the season. I don't think it moves it in a whole lot. I also would have appreciated if the Eagles were still struggling with their own linebacker room at Jack Leonard, as opposed to if he had signed with the Cowboys. 
he likely would swoop in and earn a big role right from the get-go. That actually might be one of the biggest reasons why Leonard ended up choosing the Eagles. Because it's also not like he's – some people were like, he's choosing a contender, and yet people were right about that. Eagles and Cowboys were both are both contenders. But it wasn't like he's a veteran on his final career year trying to get a Super Bowl ring before he walks away. He's not trying to do any of that. He is more than, oh, my mic is going in and out. Man, I hate when these happen. I don't know what that is all about. Y'all can tell me if that is better or not. I hope that it is. I don't know what that was about. I saw some comments right from the corner of my eye that the mic was cutting out. So I hope that that fixed the whole thing. If, if not, then I'm not entirely sure what that is. I'm going to make sure here very quickly with some settings. Seems like we are good to go, though. Um, I was saying, it's not like Shaq is about to ride off into the sunset after this season. He definitely wants to put some tape together to earn a job next year. So playing was probably a big deal for him. And I do believe he has a better shot at playing in Philly than he does at Dallas, honestly. That being said, we can all move on right now. Ladies and gentlemen, today, all right, I, I see that it worked. The audio thing worked. So thank you guys for letting me know in the chat. And again, I apologize for the problems with the, with the audio earlier. Um, so Anyways, moving on. Dak Prescott woke up today, and he woke up as an odds-on MVP favorite. Now, not a standalone favorite because he is tied, and he is tied with Brock Purdy, according to DraftKings, to win the MVP award. Jalen Hurts has dropped to third in the NFL. Tua Tungavailoa, who was recently on the Manning cast with Peyton and Eli Manning, is at fourth but with a much higher payout. So that means that he's more of a long shot. And then at fifth, you get Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes tied. So I wanted to talk about this because we know that Dak Prescott deserves to be in the MVP conversation based on what he's done this year. He's the leader in the NFL in big-time throws. He's the leader in turnover-worthy plays. He's second in EPA per play after 13 weeks. And he just has the numbers to back it up. But he also happens to have the tape. And he controls his destiny to win the award somehow in that if he wins out, he's going to eliminate the biggest argument working against him, which is who has he beaten, right? He's faced the Niners and the Eagles as the best teams that he's faced. And the Cowboys went 0-2 in those games. That's one of the arguments that people like to use against Dak for the MVP combo. But, you know, up next, you get the Bills, you get the Eagles. I mean, you get the Eagles, the Bills, the Dolphins, and Lions. If you win out and you run the table, not only do you get a chance at winning the NFC East, but even if you end as a wild card, you're going to end up with one of the best records in the NFL, even if you're not a divisional winner. And you're going to have some of the best numbers. And you're going to be playing the quarterback position traditionally as opposed to some of the other candidate quarterbacks that maybe have that going against them. Now, I'm not saying that it's fair. But I'm saying some of the cases against Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts is that they have 
a very significant cast around them. And that specifically for Purdy, he operates under Cal Tanahan's system, right? That's one of the things that people like to use against Brock Purdy, whether it's fair or unfair. So all I'm saying, it does seem like Prescott has some control over him winning MVP at the end of the season. But one of the things that I really wanted to get into is that it feels to me that Dak can really redefine what the award means in the first place. Because if we get down to it, it doesn't really mean the best player in the NFL. It doesn't even mean the best quarterback in the league. The actual word that is used to describe the award is valuable. The problem with valuable, though, is that it is a pretty ambiguous term to throw around when trying to describe a player. And that is why, over the last few years, we've come to see, we've come to learn that MVP is usually an award that goes to the best record in a conference whether it's on the AFC side of things or whether it is on the NFC side of things. Let me show you what I mean. From 2022 to 2013, there have been 10 MVP winners. Eight of those have been the number one seed in their conference. I'm going to show you the two exceptions. Cam, uh, Cam Newton was actually the number one seed, sorry. 2016, Matt Ryan, he was the number two seed in the NFC. That year, the Cowboys actually were 13-3 and with Dak Prescott as a rookie QB. And then in 2014, Aaron Rodgers won it as the second seed. You would have to go back to 2012 when the world was going to end, supposedly. <laughs> you would have to go back to 2012 for a non-divisional leader to win the award. And that would be a running back, Adrian Peterson, all day. That would have been the last time that a non-division winner won the MVP award. And what I'm trying to get at here is MVP voters have a little bit of a tough challenge ahead of them entering the end of this season. Because it seems to me, it's not AP, it's AD. It's AD, man, toxic, it's AD. Had to, had to say that into the mic as quickly as possible. I'm just kidding. But if you're an MVP voter, you don't have the, you know, cop-out pick. Because you cannot choose somebody that is super established as a perennial MVP contender. You cannot take the easy way out and vote for Patrick Mahomes right now the way the Chiefs offense is looking. You cannot go with Aaron Rodgers because obviously he's not played the season. Tom Brady is not around anymore doesn't feel like there's this clear-cut candidate that has been established as one of the best QBs in the NFL in a while because either they're not winning enough, their teams are not winning enough, or they are injured or something like that. It seems like it really is down to the top three names that we just talked about where you get Brock Purdy, who could end up with the number one seed in the NFC and who is one of the leaders in EPA He's one of the leaders in every quarterback metric that you can imagine. Get Dak Prescott, who, yes, he's a wildcard quarterback, so he has a, you know, likely going to be a wildcard quarterback. There's a lot of football to be played, so we don't really know what the future holds. But let's just assume for a second if the season ended today, then the Cowboys would be a wildcard team. 
Then you get Tua, and excuse me, then you get Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts lost a lot of points on Sunday when he was unable to do anything, even with so much time against the 49ers. Now, I know the Cowboys also got blown out by San Francisco, but it does help a little bit that that happened back in October, I believe, whether it's right or wrong, but I do believe that matters. There was a crazy stat that, you know, Jalen Hurts had 3.85 seconds to throw in average against San Francisco and still came out empty-handed. Now, that high time to throw also has to do with what Jalen does to extend plays. But if you're extending the play to throw the football away, that that shouldn't really matter in this conversation. He had 3.85 seconds in average. That is a whole lot compared to Dak's 2.76 in week five, right? That's over a full second of difference. And that's the longest time that the 49ers have allowed by an opposing quarterback, by the way. And Jalen wasn't able to do anything with it. Not trying to hate on Jalen or anything like that, but I'm trying to say the voters are in a position here where they could redefine the award by instead of giving it to the division leader or to the conference leader, if Dak wins out and keeps looking like he's been looking lately and he's dominating the offense and he's in total command of it and he's putting up three touchdown games and he's connecting with CD at such a high level, voters are going to have a tough time, in my opinion, to not vote for Dak whether or not he wins the division. Think about it from an old pro perspective. People love to put a whole lot of emphasis on the word valuable, and people like to talk about records because of it. But if you talk about old pro quarterbacks, maybe that shifts the perspective a little bit. You're picking the best quarterback because in the last decade, the old pro, the first team old pro QB is always the MVP, always. So I'm just going to say voters, in my opinion, are going to have a tough time ignoring what Dak has been doing, playing like the best quarterback in the NFL, because he really has been. That's the caliber of play that we've seen from Dak recently. Since week seven, nobody has done it quite like him. Doesn't matter what stat you pull up. Doesn't matter, uh, you know, what QB wins and losses record you bring up. Dak has been playing like the best since week seven. And voters, in my opinion, are going to have a tough time ignoring that, even if he makes the playoffs as a wildcard quarterback. And if he does, and if voters still vote for him as the MVP, in my opinion, that's going to be a great opportunity for the award to really change its meaning and suddenly not be about the best record in the conference anymore or the second best conference, but rather about the best quarterback. And it's still going to be imperfect if you want to make it that way. Like if you want to talk about, listen, it shouldn't be a quarterback award. Maybe that's a debate for another day. But if we accept that it is a QB award, we should at least be giving it to the best guy. Not talking about, you know, who is the best on a general like five-year period of time, right? Because that would be Patrick Mahomes every single time. But who played the best football in that particular year? And I strongly believe that the answer to that question right now would be Dak. I would vote for Dak Prescott right now. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity for the voters. I think it's a great opportunity 
or the NFL if it comes to that. And I'm not trying to say, and we'll talk about Brock Purdy here in a bit. I'm not trying to say he doesn't deserve it or anything like that. But Dak is in a unique spot to really change how the word is perceived, in my opinion. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, uh, in the chat. How says that now I got you loud on clear mode. It's crazy because I haven't done anything to adjust the settings. And usually when I have low Wi-Fi, like the software tells me. So, man, I'm, I, it frustrates me a little bit not to know what the whole thing is about here. Zach Wilson for MVPs is toxic, Tom. Man, come on. Mark Aaron is going with somebody else, I believe. Hell no. <laughs> Oh, man. Rex says, Hertz would have the worst passing stats in history of all QB MVPs should he win by far, says Rex Morgan. That's the thing about Jalen right now. I think that he's lacking the numbers and he's lacking the tape, really, and the dominant wins. I really see a tough time for Jalen Hurts winning MVP, uh, if I'm being honest. I think he doesn't get it at the end of the season. I think... Brock Purdy is much likelier to get it. And not just because he won that game on Sunday, but let's just talk a bit bit about Brock Purdy. People like to hate on Brock Purdy, man. He was Mr. Irrelevant. He plays on a monster team. He plays for a monster play caller. So people like to say, you know what? Brock Purdy has got it easy. Doesn't deserve the MVP. I'm not sure if that is true. I'll say that. I'm going to tell you right now, if I had a boat and they asked me for my ballot today, my first place MVP would be Dak Prescott. But I'm also going to say number two on my ballot. And remember that now we're going to have places, right? It, it, it's not a lone boat like before. It's a it's a ballot where they place their top five winners. I believe it's five. I would put Purdy as my number two as of today, honestly. And I'm going to tell you why. I don't think we should punish Brock Purdy for who is calling the place. He doesn't control that quite literally. I don't think that we should penalize him for the players players that are around him. I think that would be unfair too. And I'm going to say I think that the kid is really good. Uh, People that know the quarterback position very well, people like JT O'Sullivan, People like the Honest NFL over on Twitter, they're praising what Brock Purdy is doing with his footwork. They're praising what he's doing with his command of the offense. And yeah, Jimmy G was pretty efficient when he was running Cal Shanahan's offense. That is true. It's also true that he wasn't this efficient. Not like Brock Purdy is being, uh, you know, Jimmy was basically a game manager within Kyle Shanahan's offense. And Brock Purdy has become this guy that also, I mean, can manage the game very well and he can be very consistent with his reads and he can be consistent with his decision-making, but he can also risk the football and throw the football downfield and make some explosive plays. Gotta respect what Brock Purdy is doing right now. That being said, though, I would say that I like what I'm seeing from Dak Prescott better than what I'm seeing from Brock Purdy. And I have had this belief for a while now, and it's a take that gets me a lot of hate on Twitter, but I'm going to say it again. I still think to this day that if the Cowboys dialed up Shanahan and the Niners and they told them Dak for Purdy straight up, 
it would take 0.02 seconds for Cal Shanahan to accept to that trade. <clears throat> that being said, though, sorry about the coughing. Uh, that being said, though, I, I think both deserve to be in the MVP conversation. They have been very good this year. However, man, if I had a vote right now, I would vote for Dak. And again, I, I'm excited about the prospect of him potentially winning it as a wild card QB because I think that would be a step in the right direction for the MVP award. I don't think it should be a record for the. Uh, I don't think it, it should be an award for the best record in the conference. It should be an award for the best quarterback in the country. <clears throat> you guys are having fun in the chat, man. <laughs> Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's get out of here with overreaction Monday as we do every single week. This is our segment where we end up. Actually, let's go with this one. Let's go with that one. I like that one better. It's a little bit more upbeat. I give you a statement and you let me know in the chat if it is an overreaction or is it a fair reaction? So let's get to it. We're going to start with a Cowboys one, as we do every single week. Ladies and gentlemen, the Cowboys are winning out this year. After what we saw from them on Thursday, with Dak Prescott locked in, 41 points on the board. The Cowboys are winning out, and they're ending the season 14-3. and Let me know in the chat, is that an overreaction? Or is that a fair reaction? Let's see what you guys have to say. Mark Aaron starts us off with over. Rex goes with the over. Toxic Tom goes with overreaction. LOL. Man, I thought I was going to see more fairs in the comments. I'm not going to lie. Marcus asked if my birthday wasn't last week. Yeah, it's, it's this running gag that people started where they... Say happy birthday to me every single day. <laughs> All right, here we go. The comment section is getting balanced now. Katharina goes with the fair. Gregory goes with the fair. Lockie goes with the fair. Marcus says, no, might lose to Miami. Overreaction. Listen, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say uh, I'm gonna say fair reaction, but hear me out. I'm not saying, nor I would ever say, that the Cowboys are surely winning out. That's something that I wouldn't do. However, I'm going to say if we take it week by, week by week, I would probably favor them for the rest of the year. I'm also scared about the Dolphins. I'm not going to say I'm not. I'm scared about the Eagles somewhat. I'm scared about many of these teams. There are some good teams coming up for Dallas. But I think they might be favored in most of these games, if not all. So I'm going to go with fair reaction, even though... It is not a sure thing, and that's not what I'm trying to say. So I want to write the fence a little bit on that one, but I wanted to put you to the test. All right, now let's get to two more for the NFL. We'll start, we'll start with the NFC here very quickly. The Packers are making the playoffs. Let me know in the chat. No Aaron Rodgers, no problem. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs last night, and if the season ended today, they would be in the postseason. They'll stay there. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? Let me know in the chat. 
Jordan Love, man, completed 70 uh, 70% of his passes, went three touchdowns. They're looking like a good team at this point. Toxic says fair reaction. Katharina goes with overreaction. Marcus says overreaction, but they're close. Gregory goes with the fair. Rex says fair. Joey Bellas is fair. My answer is fair reaction. I thought that even with a loss to the Chiefs, they were going to be in the playoffs. Now that they beat Kansas City, I'm all in on that take. I am all in on that take. They are legitimately improved. The offense is clicking a little bit. You know, Christian Watson sparked that offense a little bit. Romeo Dobbs has been looking like a solid number two lately. The two of them had 70-plus yards on Sunday night against a good defense. Uh, they're, they're getting fired up right now, and I got to respect it. So give me the two of them in the postseason, and let's see what happens. It should be fun. I don't think that they're going to be favored against any of the division champions in their wildcard round or anything like that. But hey, they could play Detroit again. I'm not sure if the seedings would fit, but that would be that would be something. That could be something for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to another one. Joe Flacco can still do it. I'm going to keep it ambiguous. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go with that. Joe Flacco can still play some football. Let me know in the chat. On Sunday, the game started, and he went 4-4-5 in the opening drive with the Cleveland Browns. He lost the game. The Rams ended up winning that one uh, by a significant margin. But let me know in the chat, man. Joe Flacco can still play football. Is that an overreaction, or is that, or is that a fair reaction? Tom and I one five goes with over. Rex is over. Uh, Juice goes with over. Mark Aarons is way over. Catherine, this is way over reaction. Gregory with the with the way over. Uh, Toxic says for the Browns, sure, fair. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna go with an overreaction there as well. I'm just gonna say though, he's a better option than the Ryan Thompson Robinson and PJ Walker. <laughs> he might be, and. With such a good record, they might still make the postseason, man. <laughs> with, the, with the handicap that he was awarded as he enters Cleveland and plays quarterback, he might end up pulling it off and just doing enough for the Browns to get into the postseason. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for me tonight here on the show. Do me a favor and hit the like button for me. If you enjoy the content, I am live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. Appreciate you all so much. Thank you so much, and I'll see you tomorrow. El día de mañana. Muchísimas gracias. Bye-bye.